Hi, my name's Ariana. And my name's Ryan. And this is I, I Wear, Wear Grippy Socks. Socks. A mental health podcast by two know-nothing millennials from a seriously non-clinical viewpoint. Though this episode may contain content that you may find disturbing, so please reach medical help if needed. So I bet you guys are wondering what this podcast might be about with their name, I Wear Grippy Socks. Well, the quick answer is, is that it was two cousins sitting in a garage during the world pandemic and realizing the need to really normalize finally talking about mental health issues. So the name I Wear Grippy Socks comes from a Taylor Swift parody I did to the tune of You Belong With Me. I'm pretty sure that's the one it was. Uh, but some of the lyrics go, she wears no strings, I wear grippy socks, she's in the psych ward, I'm in the <laughs> detox. And I posted it on TikTok and people really loved it. Um, I know a lot of us have ended up in the detox or the psych ward. And personally, I feel like it's a requirement to fall in love while you are there. Please, though, keep in mind, people, that we are not mental health experts by any means. No means. I, I mean, I'm trying to be a stand-up comedian, for instance. So please keep that in mind while listening. We're just a couple of people trying to do our part to help end the stigma behind talking about mental health. All right. Yeah. And so I guess before we kind of get started and all that, I, I wanted to sort of introduce ourselves, who we are, and um, all I guess are a little bit about us. So um, Ryan is my cousin, as we said before. Um, his mother is my aunt and my father is his uncle. So they're siblings. Great, great math. I know. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but I actually really didn't see Ryan and that side of family growing up whatsoever. Probably only like twice a year on holidays, if that. Um, they live like at least a 12 hour drive away from us. Um, but it is kind of crazy to think about our similarities. Um, I am actually about to turn 27 and Ryan here just, just, just only about a month or two ago turned 28. Mm. Um, but we were also brought up in such different worlds, like completely different worlds. Um, I also have three sisters, um, step and full sisters and he actually has two brothers which is also i feel like once again completely just that different world yeah i was raised in a pretty small town in western north carolina mainly around my dad's side of the family uh we only used to come to florida like ariana was saying for the holidays um so yeah i really didn't have any idea about any of my family down here in florida Uh, The area I'm from, you know, it's pretty conservative in nature, and I feel like that's had some impact on my inability to talk about mental health. Uh, It's been interesting moving down here because I've gotten to know everyone in the house a lot better, and I feel like it's extremely beneficial, you know, to have a safe space to live while I go through my quarter-life crisis. Yeah, so actually that safe place is all because of my mom. Um, She truly has created a safe place in this house growing up in my whole life. Um, she's a wonderful, wonderful woman, um, kind hearted inside and out. Um, and she's allowed, I think this crazy bunch to come into her home. Um, and there's quite an eclectic group of us. Um, you have me, of course, her daughter, and then you add in my boyfriend, my gay best friend. And of course, Ryan, who currently actually occupies our living room couch because we have no rooms, which is, you know, but it really makes it um, 
lively though. It's kind of very, it's always been nice to, if you need to talk to someone, like someone is always there at any point, at any time. And I think it's really got us through some of these hard last couple of months. And so it's, it's definitely been nice. Yeah. As a recovering addict, it's super helpful to me to always be around people. Um, in sober living, they want people to have roommates because in early recovery, we should definitely not be left to our own devices. Um, I moved down to Florida after a pretty life-changing car accident. I was kicked out of sober living. And I have a stand-up bit about this, and I'm actually almost started to, to go into that just now, but I shouldn't. It was very, uh, it was very traumatic. And I had some pretty gnarly injuries. And now I live in Florida, so... And I'm sure you guys will hear about the wreck at some point in the podcast. I think it's super interesting how I really had like no idea what was going on with you guys in North Carolina. Um, you know, with you or anyone in the family that was struggling. And, you know, it's kind of sad because that's the norm that no one talks about these things. You know, I had heard you had lost some of your friends, but I just had never really grasped the severity of the situation. Um, and I, I didn't even know how to process some of that information, to be honest. Um, I think we are, we portray our lives in such a certain way because we just don't want people to really like know what's going on. And social media is the thing that taints that, which makes it so worse because we're just always having these highlight reels of the good and never actually talking about the bad and, you know, being there for someone when they really need you to be there. Honestly, I don't even think my own family realized just how dire the situation was. Uh, as an addict, I am a master of both deception and manipulation, I would say. I actually put that on my resume sometimes. I feel like you have to be to survive. I mean, it's uh, sometimes going to be a dangerous game, and you really got to be pretty conniving to, to get your way. But I went to rehab for the first time on my 25th birthday, and I think it... Up until that point, I had difficulty coming to terms with maybe that I do need help. I feel like it's just such a hard thing to talk to people about. Um, my whole life, I've always put such a pressure on myself not to let people down. And I feel like as an addict, you know, you just feel like the ultimate failure. You know, it's just really such a shame that it feels like we can't reach out to others when it becomes almost like a life and death situation. Um it's just something just by listening without judgment can be some of the most important thing that you do, you know, and taking the time to listen to others and and just be there for someone. Because at the end of the day, we all struggle and it's so incre incredibly important to have people you trust and you can talk to. And that's what sometimes can get us literally through the toughest times. Uh, so, yeah, as you know, now. I have lost quite a few friends due to addiction and suicide, and it's been pretty traumatic, I would say. You know, these are people that I grew up with, people I went to school with. Uh, I lived with some of these people at various points. Uh, when I was 20, I lost my first pretty much best friend, Michael. We grew up playing baseball together. Good dude. When I was 20, uh, I lost him to an overdose. A few years after that, another one of our good friends, Jordan, he committed suicide. Um, at one point, I let my buddy Tim move in with me, and I actually found his suicide note at one point. That was pretty awkward. Uh, he did say the world needed more people like me, though, so shout out to me. 
Just kidding. Well, he did say that. Um, but yeah, you know, I had to use Narcan on him to save him from an overdose. And not even a few months after that, he passed away. So it has not been easy. Um, I've been diagnosed with major depressive disorder. I've taken various antidepressants. But honestly, I really think just talking about things has probably been the most beneficial to me. So I think what's really most important is that, like you said, we, we just need to be talking about these issues, especially in men. Um, we need to normalize having emotions and feelings, and it's okay not to be okay. You know, a lot of men were told that they have to puff their chests and be honorable, and being showing your emotions and showing that you care is honorable. That is showing that, That's right. you know, you we got to be in touch with those feelings. All men do. Yeah. You know, and, and even women, though, it's, it's so hard when we're being judged constantly because we are told that we're just overly emotional <laughs> or being too dramatic. You know, it, it, there has to be a, a, a middle ground somewhere, definitely, you know. And personally, like, I am diagnosed with depression and anxiety, and I also have ADHD, and I'm dyslexic. So I have, like, a good, work. <laughs> a good bundle of them all, you know, you know. <laughs> But, you know, I, you know, I felt my whole life that I had to prove something, you know, to others to feel like that I was good enough or that I could achieve something. And, you know, I definitely at one point in my life, my dad didn't even think, you know, I would make it to high school, you know, like, let alone be anything. And that was like traumatic to me. And though I think that's what really started a lot of my some of my my issues and problems is that I from that point on until now, I've always wanted to do everything for my parents and try to change who I'm supposed to be to be them. And I, I just, I haven't been happy. And, you know, starting this podcast and us talking in our mini garage sessions has really kind of brought that a light to, you know, a light to me. And, um, at one point when I was working with my father, I definitely maybe started drinking a a bit, quite a bit. And my mom kind of stopped and turned to me and she's like, Ariana, you know, why don't you look into actually getting your medical marijuana card? And I feel like that was a big, big help and turning point for me personally. I've also been on antidepressants and, you know, taking other self-medications even with alcohol to try to fix my problems. And obviously they weren't, but I, I truly have become, become such a big advocate for medical marijuana. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. Uh, as someone in recovery, there's still such a pretty big debate on whether or not marijuana is okay for somebody like me to use, and I do get it. I understand people's arguments. I understand if you would not consider it clean, but if people want to get into that debate, then people who use nicotine, people who use caffeine, I mean, there's all kinds of other substances that people take that they could be considered not clean. Um, personally, I have weighed the pros and cons and at this point, you know, I do use medical marijuana. It helps with my depression. It helps with my physical pain and I feel like it helps with my PTSD even. Um, and I especially remember growing up, I would always hear my mom and she would just talk about how sick she would be if she did not take her antidepressants. And I think for me, that just scared me tremendously. No, same with my mom. Actually, she is also has taken lots of antidepressants, and she's and once again, there's not necessarily anything bad with um, taking medications. It's you know, it's just sometimes a long road to find what's the right medication. How will it affect you? Will it be good? Will it be bad? True. Um, but even with that, like, I want to make it clear. You know, um, I will say even Ryan and me as well. We've been blessed. We have 
amazing parents who do love us without yes. a doubt. You yes. know, there's there's lots of love there. Um, but we have to remember that we don't know everything. And like as humans, we have to be constantly willing to learn and listen to others and ourselves. That includes like us and our parents um, and also realizing maybe their actions, not saying they were all bad, but it affects us. You know, I think, you know, every action has a reaction. Yeah. And um, so just being open to learning new things and opening to want to make a change you know it doesn't happen overnight so we have to we have to really be talking about these way soon these topics way sooner way you know from the get-go literally from from the first moment that we're on this earth we need to be talking about our emotions yeah i think it's easy to get caught up in comparing our trauma with others uh you know sometimes it feels like it's selfish for me to be depressed when i know some people had harder upbringings and they have gone through more than i have but everything is relative you know we all struggle and it's important for us to talk about things instead of trying to suppress how we're really feeling i just really hope we can start communicating better and i hope that's what this this podcast will start doing that it can spark a conversations in people's households and really get it going from the get-go like we said let's let's end the stigma of mental health and again let me be perfectly clear we are not in any way, shape, or form mental health professionals. Our objective here really is just to create a dialogue and hopefully make mental health less taboo to talk about. Yeah, and don't forget, if you really are struggling today, that is okay. But please do not hesitate to reach out to the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Let's start talking about it.